Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. You're listening to Trickle Down Theories, where football knowledge is power. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now, here's Eric Trickle. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Trickle Down Theories Podcast. I am your host, Eric Trickle. On Trickle Down Theories, we talk about all things NFL and draft, and we have a focus on the Denver Broncos, as I am an analyst with milehighhuddle.com. We talk about all things from signings, trades, rosters, team needs, Anything and everything you can think of. And right now with preseason underway, we're focusing especially on that. And it's really been focusing just on the Denver Broncos because, quite frankly, we have to see them improve from where they were last year. 5-11 and wasn't acceptable. They have a lot more talent on this roster than 5-11 suggests. So we got to see those steps going forward of the Broncos, of them improving and playing better, and not just from the players, but from the coaching staff as well. And with second game underway, or having been played anyways, we finally saw some of those improvements. On this episode of Trickle Down Theories, I'm going to be going through a 53-man roster kind of thing, but it's not what I think the Broncos end up doing. It's what I would do. It's based off the information that I have at hand from what I've heard from practices, from what I have seen in game and some salary cap implications in mind. So it's just kind of something that I'm doing for fun. Just kind of, it's a fun way I think to kind of talk about who's playing well and who isn't guys who probably won't make this roster, but probably should be on a roster somewhere else. And we're talking about a few other players as well who aren't even on this. But on top of the 53-man roster, I'm going to give some thoughts on guys for practice squad and injury reserves. So that's why it's covering, kind of covering the whole roster a little bit, just finding a fun way to do this. But before I jump into that, I got to tell you guys about our great sponsor, Audible. You guys can get a free audio download every thirty and a thirty day and a thirty day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash huddle up. They have over one hundred eighty thousand titles, and you can read them on your iPhone or Android, your Kindle, MP3 player. It's again, it's www.audibletrial.com slash huddle up. If you are constantly on the go in your car or busy working at home or something like that, where you can don't have time to really sit down and read a book. Audible trial is, is the thing for you. You're able to just turn it on, on your phone, put some headphones in, just get down to work and just be able to listen to books that you might want to read, but you just don't have time to actually sit down and read. I mean, with me, I'm doing writing for the site. I have my security job that I got to do. I have a young daughter. I've got my family and everything like that. So audible trial, it's a way that I'm able to still read, so to speak, without actually having to sit down and read, which I just don't have time to do anymore. So I'm able to read and listen, able to listen to all these books that I, I don't have a chance to actually read. So to jump this all off is obviously the quarterback position. Not that it needs to be said, but Paxton Lynch isn't making this roster. Now, I don't want to sit here and add on to everyone just piling on top of him. 
His last drive against the Bears was actually pretty solid. He made some sharp throws, made some decent reads, but he still had issues holding the ball too long. He still had issues looking a little bit of gun, looking a little bit gun shy. He just doesn't seem to have it. And as soon as he's walking onto the field and he's getting booed, it's clear that he needs a fresh start. If there's any hope of him being something, it's not coming in Denver. So that leaves the two quarterbacks: is Case Keenum and Chad Kelly. I'm still would like I still would like to see a veteran quarterback be brought in and be that backup spot unless Chad Kelly continues to show growth from where he's going on. This last game against the Bears, he only made a handful of mistakes. One of them was he ran out of bounds losing three yards when he should have thrown it away. Another one was a bad throw that still ended up being completed thanks to his receiver bailing him out and the defensive back playing the ball, playing the receiver and not the ball. But just little things like that you got to keep an eye on. So he's done enough to not put it on this. And again, just remember, this is what I would do with the 53-man roster, not necessarily what I think that the Denver Broncos end up doing. At running back, I keep four. I'm saying goodbye to Devontae Booker. Basically, is he's leaving way too many yards on the field. He goes down so easily. Just the first, We can basically flick him, and he's going down on going down to the turf he's not a guy that you can rely on he has some receiving potential but it's definitely you have to have him in open space if you want to use him in the screen you have to have the blockers in front of him you have to get him um, in space so he can use what ability he has to pick up yards basically you get more from the other backs from Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay who I think should be Denver's number one number two combo Royce Freeman has that power between the tackles that you want and Philip Lindsay can add that receiving ability who can split out wide and just be a playmaker all over. Devontae Booker is the best pass protection, pass protecting running back on the roster, but even that's kind of slipping and he's just it's not looking that good. Royce Freeman still has a ways to go on that, but Philip Lindsay's not looking too bad. And then David Williams and D'Angelo Henderson, basically they they are duplicates of what you have in Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay a little bit. Williams is that tough. Tough running back, he can go pick up. Basically, you're guaranteed to pick up some yards with David Williams. He's not going to get tackled behind the line of scrimmage very often. And D'Angelo Henderson has such a playmaking ability. You just got to see better blocking up front. It'd be nice to see what he can do with the first string offensive line where they're able to get him in space and let him use his quickness and agility to make defenders miss and pick up some yards. At wide receiver, you have Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, those guys are cemented on the roster. They have been for a while. There's not really any battle going on for them, but those are the guys that are going to be there. And to round out that, I have Tim Patrick and Isaiah McKenzie. You have quite a few receivers battling for these last two spots. Tim Patrick, he's made plays in practice. He made a big play to bail out Chad Kelly against the Bears. Isaiah McKenzie had that big 78-yard punt return. But he did have that fumble against the Bears, which does hurt him a little bit. It's just the fact that I'm not sure any of these other receivers have stepped up enough to warrant getting that roster spot over him just yet. So that's why I would be running up that. You have such complementary skill sets there. You have two big bodies in Demarius Thomas and Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton's going to be dangerous in the red zone. Deshaun Hamilton and Emmanuel Sanders, they're really good route runners. Deshaun Hamilton's one of the best route runners coming out of the draft. So having them with Case Keenum, who's going to be, who doesn't always have the arm to go deep, 
having these two route runners that can go and get open quickly for Case Keenum to target is going to be key for him. And then Tim Patrick, who he's another bigger bodied receiver who has some quickness to him. He can be a deep threat. And then Isaiah McKenzie can take the top off the defense. So just running them out. Tight end, I will say this. Right now, I'm at the point of either putting Troy Fumagalli on injury reserve for the season or cutting him and trying to bring him back on the practice squad. Basically, we're two games in and we haven't seen him. He's been dealing with this injury going back to pre-draft or dealing with injuries going back to pre-draft. So we got to see him on the field. And if he doesn't perform well once he gets back on the field, then it's going to be easy to cut him and sneak him back onto the practice squad. Nobody's going to want to pick up a fifth round tight end that's been dealing with injuries. So, but right now I just have him on injury reserve, which is probably, which would be the safer bet. He suffers a setback and has to miss some time. So just injury reserve him, give him that red shirt rookie year, basically kind of thing. But for the tight ends I do have making it is Jeff Ironman. His game against the bears was excellent. He was tough. He was hard to bring down. He was running good routes. He was looking solid as a blocker. Jake, but there's so much potential with him and we still haven't seen it. We haven't been able to see what he can do as a receiver, but what we've seen as a blocker has been a major disappointment. He got beat really badly on the second play of the game against the bears. It was a flea flicker and the defensive end just destroys Jake, Butt. he gets the outside shoulder and is just able to just drive by, but basically, so we got to see more out of him. And then Brian Parker and Matt, Lacasse, they've done enough to warrant a roster spot. They've been reliable as receivers. They've been showing that they can be that safety net that needs to be. They can get open. They're tough to bring down. They're good blockers. They can come back and be fullback, which is going to be key because I don't have Andy Janovich making this roster. I'd also wouldn't I wouldn't mind putting Austin Trailer on here, but I think he ends, he's a guy a candidate for the practice squad. But uh, he's looking like one of the better blockers of this. I just want to see more of him as a tight end. Brian Parker isn't too far behind Trailer as a blocker. So if Austin Trailer doesn't show it, I think Brian Parker edges him out because he offers more of a variety, more versatility. Austin Trailer hasn't shown that receiving ability yet this year. I mean, he showed it last year, which is why he had a lot of hype surrounding him entering training camp. But we just got to see more of it in this preseason. At offensive tackle, I only have three. I have Garrett Bowles, Jared Valdir, Cyrus Coangio. Jared Valdir has been kind of disappointing. Hopefully he gets things together. Hopefully the offensive line is able to gel, and that'll see him improve. Garrett Bowles looks a lot better than he did last year. He did have a couple mistakes so far this preseason, but for the most part he's been solid, and having Ron Leary next to him against the Bears really helped him. And Cyrus, As for backup, Cyrus Coangio looks like he's going to be the best option to be that backup swing tackle. Billy Turner, there was a lot of hope for him. He was looking really good last year before he got hurt, but this year he looks absolutely abysmal. So can't you can't keep Turner around, even though he looks a little bit better at guard than he does tackle. The issue is that Turner, as soon as you put him on the left side of it, he looks completely lost. He's stuck on that right side of the offensive line. Then at guard, you have Ron Leary, Connor McGovern, Menelik Watson, and Max Garcia. Now, a lot of people are going to be surprised because I'm talking about games and I have and I don't have Troy from Magali on here because he's missed two games, but I have Menelik Watson, who's also missed two games. The difference is, is that basically financially you can't afford to cut Menelik Watson. And word is, is that he was looking really good before injuries started coming, that he was looking really good at guard. Max Garcia, he's a guy who I've been leaving off my 53-man rosters, but now I have him on there. And the reason why is what he showed at center. 
he played a really good game against the Bears when he was at center. His snaps need a little bit work. He had a couple of them that were low or a little bit wide, but he was quick off the line. He was pushing guys back. He was driving them, driving defenders off the line of scrimmage. He was looking solid in pass protection. He was making solid reads for double teams and wasn't really missing blocks. And you are not see him getting driven back often. So he looked really good at center, which the versatility of him being able to play center is the biggest reason why I have him on here. Because you have Menelik Watson who can play tackle or guard. You have Max Garcia who can play guard or center on either side. You have Cyrus Coangio who can play either tackle spot. And then when you get to center, I have Sam Jones who he looks solid at center, but he also looks solid at guard as well before he was moved basically full-time to center backing up Matt Paradis. So it's basically being able to move some guys, figuring out what's the best fit when you're looking at depth on the offensive line. Guys who can play multiple spots, help them out. Max Garcia like he showed enough at center to be like, okay, hey, maybe he should stick around in that kind of role. Now, before I get to the defensive side of the ball, I want to tell you guys to just go to iTunes and Stitcher and subscribe to us. Just it's not hard. It's just an easy little click. And when you do that, don't forget to share us on Facebook and Twitter. Cause without you guys today, without you listeners, we wouldn't be here. So we thank you and all we ask is that you guys go back. And take the time to share it on iTunes and Spreaker. Rate and subscribe. And you guys get to let your voices be heard on how well you enjoy the show. It provides us with feedback on things that we need to do to work on or and improve. So and it helps us out in multiple ways. Helps us grow in listeners and helps us grow as podcasters, as people doing this. And helps us be able to improve at what we're doing. So, again, just go take the time and do that. It's very much appreciated. And... It's you guys who enable us to enable us to be able to do something that we love to do. So we thank you for guys for that. Now on the defensive side of the ball, you have Derek Wolf, Kyle Peck or not Kyle Pecko, but Domita Pecko, Adam Gotts, Shelby Harris, Demarcus Walker, and Zach Kerr on the defensive line. Basically, is you're going to see only six defensive linemen make this roster, so you're going to see pretty solid ta- talent get cut. And when I'm looking over this. You have guys who can play multiple spots. You have a combination of zero techs to five techs who can move down and play three tech as well. Denver's been trying out Adam Gotts and Shelby Harris at nose tackle, which is Domita Peco's spot, so they can sit there and move that, move them around. And both Harris and Gotts have looked good there. You have Derek Wolf, who they also have tested out there a little bit, but he looks best as that five-tech or three-tech. You have Demarcus Walker, who's that three-tech interior rusher. You have Zach Kerr, who can has such a quick get-off when the ball is snapped. Like He's one of the first ones to make contact, like, and it's consistent. And that's hard to defend against, and it really showed against the Vikings. He was constantly in the backfield blowing up plays. He's 330-plus pounds, and that's a lot of beef. And... When you're running with guys who are under 300 with Derek Wolf around 290, Adam Gotts is around 290, Shelby Harris around 290, and Demarcus Walker around 280, with Top Echo the only one 330, when you end up having to face those jumbo packages in goal line situations, you need a little bit more beef to help eat up space, which is the biggest reason why I went and Zach Kerr over Clinton McDonald. Clinton McDonald has played really well. He's shown his ability as a pass rusher and as a run defender against the Bears. But it's just a matter of the size. You need that extra size. And Zach Kerr's get off as well. So that's why the difference is there. But you guys, you have guys like um, 
Deshaun Williams, who played really well against the Bears. You have Kashad Lyons, who played really well against the Vikings. Like Those are two guys that you definitely want to keep an eye on for the practice squad. But I'm going to talk a little bit more specifically about the practice squad here in a little bit. At outside linebacker, the first thing I would be doing right now is looking to move Shane Ray. He is really bad as a run defender. I don't know how else to put it. He's constantly getting driven back. He ended up on the ground a couple times against the Bears. He looked lost against the Vikings at times. There was one play where he was rushing the passer against the Bears, and he wasn't sure what he was supposed to do. He was really hesitant to attack. And it wasn't a play-action play. Like, he had to be careful. It wasn't a play where the running back was running out to the flat. The running back was sitting in the block. And he just looked like, well, I might want to stick out and watch the running back just in case to go cover him. It just He just didn't seem like he knew what he was supposed to be doing. He did have a couple good rushes. He was there to help Demarcus Walker get a sack. And he had another one where he forced Matt Trubisky to – I think it was Matt Trubisky. might have been Chase Daniel to step up and ended up throwing – ball over the receiver's head. So there's still potential there with Ray, but I think it's similar to Paxton Lynch. I think it's time for Denver to move on from Shane Ray. I think that they've given him enough signs that they're getting ready to move on from him. So let him get a fresh start elsewhere. Let him trade him off, get something for him because he's just going to leave once his contract's up. He's not going to stick around. And the reason why I don't go with Shaq Barrett or the reason why I go with Shaq Barrett over Shane Ray is Shaq Barrett is a much better run defender. He's not as hesitant, and he's a lot more disciplined. And that's something that you're going to need. So you have Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb starting with Shaq Barrett backing him up. That's a pretty good three um, rotation of three right there. And then Marcus Rush and Jeff Holland, those two have shown enough to me to warrant sticking around on this roster. Yeah, they have, they're both young players who still have some things to work on, but they play the run better than Shane Ray. But they're just not quite as good a are not quite as consistent getting after the passer from what we've seen Shane Ray during the season, but we haven't seen them in the season. Marcus Rush can be a little bit stiff-hipped, which doesn't help him turn the edge, which is something that Shane Ray does pretty well. And Jeff Holland is very similar to Shaq Barrett. It's some power rushers that they can go and just put drive the offensive lineman back into them. So it kind of limits the the flexibility off the edge for Denver, but in the long run, I think it's actually ends up improving them and giving them better run defenders where it, and what doesn't really hurt their pass rush. I don't think at inside linebacker, I keep Brandon Marshall and Todd Davis. Todd Davis has looked really good. Brandon Marshall had a lot of plays against the run, but his, but his playing at a lighter weight is going to hurt Denver at times. And we saw it against the bears. He was getting driven off the ball. He was struggling to get off box. Those are some issues that you're going to have when you're playing as light as he is. Todd Davis is going to have to step up and really take on those blocks to help free up Brandon Marshall. The defensive line is going to have to eat up a lot more blockers to help Brandon Marshall sort through the trash to make plays. So it's definitely a play. It's not a bad move by Marshall to lose weight, but it is at the same time, it demands a lot more of his teammates to help keep him clean. And then backing him up, you have Josie Jewell, who is continues to make plays. He still shows that he's a rookie at times. He still shows that lack of athleticism. But his smarts, his instincts, they're always on display. And then Alexander Johnson, the new linebacker they just signed. It's another one of those guys who can come in and eat up blockers and free up somebody else. And that's what they need. They need a guy to back up Todd Davis and doing that. And Alexander Johnson fits that very well. Just worth noting, too, is that 
ever since he's the allegations against him, the charges against him were dropped and found false and all that stuff. He was going by AJ Johnson beforehand, but with him getting a fresh start and I think he wants to be called Alexander. So that's why I'm referring to him as Alexander. It's what he wishes at corner. I don't think there's much discussion here at corner unless they bring in somebody else. Chris Harris, Bradley Roby, Tremaine Brock, Isaac Yadam, and Brendan Langley. It's pretty simple. You have two thir- third-round picks and your three vet guys that are coming in with Tremaine Brock being the, fr- the fresh blood. But he's going to come in and be that number three corner who pushes Chris Harris back into the slot when he comes on the field. So that's going to be a big thing there to keep an eye on because – especially with Isaac Yadam and Brendan Langley, we need to see them step up. Isaac Yadam, he plays too far off and he doesn't have the cushion. He doesn't have the clothes to provide that kind of cushion and get away with it. He's not a keep to leave. And they're trying to use him in that same kind of thing where a keep to leave plays so far off and then comes up and closes and makes a play quickly, either by making the tackle or breaking up the pass. And Isaac Yadam, he can go up and make the tackle, but he's not breaking. He's not quick enough to break up the passes. So, we either need to see him get quicker or we need to see him not play as far off as he has been. And then Brendan Langley, this guy is an excellent special teams player, which is what you want from the fifth corner. He's so quick as a gunner. I don't know how many times I saw him that he was down there right by the bears returner when they were getting ready to return it and making the play down there. But on defense, he's very raw. He has shown improvement from where he was last year, but we still have the long ways for him to go. And then at safety, it's a shame that they've been dealing with injuries because it's kind of thrown some stuff, so a wrench in it. We haven't seen Sua Cravens yet, but he is going to be a key guy for guarding tight ends which in coverage, which is such an issue with them, that I have him making it. Will Parks got hurt. Thankfully, that's not serious. They lost Jamal Carter for the season. But Cravens and Parks, they make it. As I said, Cravens is that guy that they brought in to, block, to cover tight ends and coverage, so that's going to be key there. Darian Stewart's looking really well so far this preseason, playing closer to the line of scrimmage. Last year, it definitely looked like he was out of position, but it seems like the year did him well, and he's definitely improved there. Justin Simmons had that excellent read on Trubisky for the interception, and he looks like he's a young player that's on the verge of breaking out. And then the last one is DeMonte Thomas, and basically it's – he brings some versatility to him. He brings a lot of speed and athleticism to the back end, and he brings an interesting piece that they can use in different ways. He can come down and be a nickel corner as well when need be, just as Simmons can. Kind of a similar play style there. Now, before I get around to wrapping this up, I want to tell you guys why you guys need to become a Mile I Huddle VIP subscriber and that it's very easy to do. Now, Mile I Huddle, we don't just focus on reporting news, but we do pride ourselves on trying to be in the moment with breaking news and getting stuff to you as quick as possible. But what we really love to do, and especially what I love to do, and what some a couple of my other colleagues like Carl Dumler and Nick Kendall do, is we focus on the X's and O's, the deep dives, the film reviews, that kind of stuff that isn't available to everybody. This is stuff that we put a lot of work in, and we put a lot of time and effort into. So that's why it's it is it does have this VIP block on it, is because of the amount of time and effort we put into it, and it's the best of our content. Not that our free content is bad. It's just this stuff is better than that. It puts it to shame, really. And it's some of the best content there is on the web, especially for film reviews and stuff like that, for deep dive player evaluations, for X's and O's. I don't know anywhere else on the web that has it better for Broncos-specific content. Now, it's not hard. All you guys got to do 
is up on the top right, I think it is, you'll see a thing that says become a VIP member. All you have to do is click on that and you guys got to choose either the monthly or annual option and you'll be locked in. From there, you get access to all of our written analysis. You get access to our VIP insider forums, which is where all the discussions going on. You guys go in there and ask us any kind of questions and we'll answer it. It's basically, it's right there. And you guys have basically have your, have your fingers on our ears. So whenever you want to do something, you can just, it's like, you're just pulling on us to get our attention basically in these VIP insider forums. So you get it. You can be part of conversations during games and all that. And, but the best thing again, is just having that access to all the articles we put out, all the film reviews, all the X's and O's it's, it is, it's the best Broncos coverage that we have on that there is on the web. And it's coming from mileheld.com. And to get access to it, again, it's just got to become a VIP member. All we do is, just as we ask for your guys' support to share us and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher, the only other way we ask for your guys' support is by becoming a VIP subscriber. You guys, you need to pull the trigger, and you have my word. You guys won't be disappointed. You guys will be overwhelmed with the amount of VIP content there is and the quality of the VIP content. And not to mention any insider information that we get, Go is given exclusively to our VIP insiders. So that's that alone is reason enough, not counting the all the film reviews, the X's and O's, the conversations, the being able to ask us anything and have us respond. It's all right there. Become a VIP VIP subscriber today. Now for special teams, obviously it's not hard. You have three special team spots and you have three special teams placer players. Marquette King, Brandon McManus, Casey Kreider. Boom, boom, boom. You have your punter, your kicker, your long snapper. For the practice squad, there's a few names that I would keep an eye on. Andreas Knapp, Jeremiah Potassi, Elijah Wilkinson. Those are three. Those are a few offensive linemen that I'll be keeping an eye on, seeing what they do. Austin Schlotman's another one. Then at receiver, Mark Chapman, River Craycraft, John Diars. Those are three receivers that you definitely want to keep an eye on. Jordan Leslie's not too far behind either. And it's going to be curious what to see what the two newest receivers, Bryce Bobo and I think DeAndre White, end up doing with their in their time with the Broncos if they can push for a practice squad spot. For tight end, I would be looking at Brian Parker or Matt Lacasse or Austin Trailer, whichever one of them doesn't make it. Maybe even two of them if Troy Fumagalli ends up coming back and playing well and making this roster to make the practice squad because all three of those guys have shown that they belong on an, an, on an NFL roster. On the edge, if they don't move Shane Ray, then you're looking at Marcus Rush or Jeff Holland and Antonio Simmons. One of those guys should be brought back on the practice squad. At least one of the two that don't make the roster anyways. Kashad Lyons and Deshaun Williams on the defensive line. Those are two guys that they've made plays in. Kashad Lyons made plays against the Vikings. Deshaun Williams made plays against the Bears. They're both fighting for a practice squad spot, and they both have shown that they can play at the NFL level as well. So it's going to be curious to see what they do. At linebacker, you have Joe Jones and Kayshawn Barrera. Those are two linebackers. One of them's a draft pick that they had in, I think, the sixth round. And Barrera and Jones was a guy that they really liked last year. So those guys are going to be fighting for a spot. Marcus Rios, Michael Hunter. And I'm not sure if C.J. Smith is eligible for the practice squad or not. I don't think he is. But if he is, he's one that to really keep an eye on. He had a near interception in both games. This last one, he he just dropped it. The first one, Kayshawn Barrera came in and hit him and knock the ball out then at safety you also have trey marshall and jordan moore those are two young safeties that have looked very well 
that are competing for a practice squad spot as well. So, yeah, that's kind of how that's what I would do with the practice squad and roster right now. Obviously, things are going to change. I think next week after game three against Washington, my colleague Nick Kendall is going to join me. And if you guys remember and listen to it, I think it was back in June or July. We came on. I had him on trickle down theories and we did a 53 man roster projection and I'm going to have him on and we're going to have that. And that's going to be our final one. And this is going to be what we think the Broncos do. Not what I think I'm going to do like I did here. It's what we think that the Broncos do. And we're going to have a back and forth conversation here. And I'm going to see if I can't bring in a third member, third colleague of mine to join us for that as well. But you'll be looking for that sometime next week, sometime after the 26th of August. So keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out for all my written content that's coming from mileahead.com. I have a few things in the works. My player grades are coming. And probably during the regular regular season, my trickle-down theories have become my where I do my player grades. So not sure yet. I'm still debating that. Feel free to reach me on Twitter at Eric Trickle and let me know what you think. But anyways, guys, that's going to wrap it up for me today. Please leave a like and subscribe. Thank you guys for listening to Trickle Down Theories. Follow me on Twitter at Eric Trickle. You can always reach me on there with any kind of question. I love the interaction with you guys, the fans, listeners, readers of our content, and just basically talking football in general. And also follow at Mile Eye Huddle for all of our written content from MileEyeHuddle.com. And not just mine, but all my colleagues. And follow at Huddle Up Pod for all the podcasts that come out from us from Carl and Nick and Chad and Zach. So keep an eye out for them. Follow them on Twitter. And also keep an eye out on my Twitter account because I've been doing Periscopes a lot more recently. I've been doing them. I'm going to be trying to keep doing them at halftime of every game and after every game. After every game always depends on time and how long the game runs, but I'm definitely that's definitely something I'm aiming for. And then I've been doing a kind of a film breakdown Periscope at least after every game at some point. So keep an eye out for that. I had a great time talking with you guys. I hope you guys had enjoyed it as well. Again, if you have any comments about this, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Eric Trickle. I want to thank you guys for listening to Trickle Down Theories, and please have a wonderful day. You've been listening to Trickle Down Theories. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.